0: You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. Church, good morning. Happy Eastertide. It's still Easter. Is Easter ever going to end? It will. And then you're going to say, where did Easter go? But actually, you won't because it'll be Ascension and Pentecost. We got a lot of good parties coming up. But we are still in the season of Easter. And in this particular season, have you noticed that our first reading, which is typically an Old Testament reading, has been overtaken by the book of Acts? Did anyone notice that? Why is Yeah, somebody did. Why is that? Because during Easter time, it's so important for us to to trace their journey, to walk with them. And so for this little glimpse, this window that we have, we actually get to dive straight into Acts, and that's what we've been doing these last weeks. And we've been thinking about it, as we've been looking at Acts, we've been thinking about how the resurrection of Jesus from the dead changed the life of his followers forever. Like how the resurrection changed their lives. Not if, but how. Having witnessed Jesus raised from the grave, Everything was now different for this, for these disciples. Can you imagine? You, the human Jesus, that you wondered, how is he the son of God? Is, he talks as if he's like divine, but we're not really sure. It's kind of gray area there. And so this picture of this human Jesus that you recall from all those experiences is now doing things that only God does. How do you reconcile that? How your life might be changed? And I get this. I totally do. Because this news of Jesus is. Changed my life. It's actually a really personal story for me, personally. And I know for some of you, this Acts story as we see it in Scripture, we go, I identify with that. The resurrection has changed me. It should be no surprise that something like this would change our lives. Because that's what news like this just does. That the human one, who is God, is raised from the dead. What it does is just changes your life if you hear it if you come to it seeking understanding, it will change your life. This is the news that Philip shares with this stranger in the middle of a commute, no less. The Spirit told him to go and do it, share this story. And what it led to was this radically changed life in this man. This is just what that kind of news does to people when you hear it. It's the news that we are gathered here this morning to hear. Some of you wonder, why on earth do I get up this early on my day off uh, to come and do this church thing? Can I just refresh us and remind us why we're here? Because hearing this news, participating in this story, it changes us. It transforms us. It actually has an effect on us. And for the better. (laughs) Like, what an understatement for the better. Once we were dead and now we're alive because of this news, that's why we gather here that's why we're here. If you've never heard this news of Jesus and the resurrection, it may sound crazy to you at first glance. And okay, that's fair enough. It sounded crazy to all of us too. But can I walk you through it? Can I walk all of us through it again? I just want us to hear this. This is the first time you've heard it. Listen up. God created all things good. In the beginning, it all came from God, and it was all good and perfect. And we chose to go a different way. Not this good and perfect way of God, but a different way, our own way, which sounds kind of familiar, like we're good at that, right? Choosing to go our own way. We did that, that's called sin. And it leads not to life with God, but to death apart from God. And sin and death isn't just something we've chosen now that is gonna await us when we're gonna burn in hell or something like it's some far off future, no. Sin and death is something that bleeds into our everyday lives even now. I know people who live in hell, even now, who live with the stink of death all over them, even now. And they fooled themselves into thinking that this is life. No, this is not life. That sin and death, it bleeds into us every day. We get used to it. It becomes the water we swim in. We don't even recognize this new status quo. Some of us, even in this room, have never known another way than this life apart from God doing our own thing. We've come to think that it's normal but friends this is not normal one of my favorite things to do and kind of a mixed way is to preach at funerals because while everyone's trying to celebrate the life and like what a great person i love standing up and complaining about the fact that death is not normal this sucks this is not the way it should be and it grieves god's heart to see his children dying and perishing this is not normal this way of life even these days, when's the last time you've seen a dead body? No, we get that out of our sight because we don't want to be reminded that our lives end. We know it's not normal. We want to put it away. We get used to it. We weren't made to live lives like this, actually. And even if, if you don't believe in God, I think you can agree with that. This is not the way things ought to be, right? God created us for a full life, a restored life, a healed life, a life where things are made right, not only in us, but in the world, in the neighborhood, how we long for things to be made right. He has made us, listen, to have an empowered life, not to be subject to just anything and helpless, but actually full of God's spirit and empowered to live an empowered life, to be hopeful, God, it is actually totally normal for us to have hope. This shouldn't be just some weird, strange thing that happens to us twice a year. No, we're made to live with hope. But like a wall, like this thing that stands between us and that life with God, sin keeps us far from it. It blinds us, keeps us from seeing things, it binds us up. It hides the truth from us even if it's in plain sight. It separates us from the life of God. And the only thing that can make that right, the only thing that can overcome that barrier is a sacrifice. A sacrifice because our debt is human. We've Some humans got to pay this human sacrifice, this human debt of sin that we have built these mountains of. If you have student loan debts, you get this. Like, who's going to pay that? I've got to pay that. Can you imagine the mountain of debt that we have from sin that we have made? Someone's got to pay this, and it can't just be anyone. It has to be human, because humans have piled this debt up. But there is one who's human. There is one who's actually come to set things right in the world, to pay our debts, even though we don't deserve our debts to be paid by someone else. There is one who is human who's come to pay our debts. And though he's human and everything like us, he is God and nothing like us at the same time. He's God. He's perfect. He is full of power. His love knows no bounds. His name is Jesus. His death on the cross is that sacrifice for us once and for all, for everyone once and for all. It overwhelms any debt. If you can imagine anything that could keep you from the love of God, the cross of Jesus overwhelms that. Amen, Sean. Keep preaching. You can say that. His res- yes, thank you. His, <laughs> his resurrection, it defeats all of our greatest enemies. Our greatest fears? Nothing. Chump change compared to the resurrection of Jesus. Death and sin, our greatest enemy. The thing that it seems no human being can overcome. Jesus took death and sin behind the woodshed, if you will crushed it, broke it, overwhelmed it, trampled over it once and for all. And his ascension into heaven reveals that his rightful place is actually at the right hand of God in complete and comprehensive power over the world. Unmatched power. There is no one who can stand shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. Why? Because he is the Lord. You see why Christians call this good news? This is such good news. Jesus's power is so great. Listen, it is so unbelievably great that anybody, whoever believes in him, anybody will be saved. They will inherit this eternal life. They will inherit this life as a child in the kingdom of God. Anybody can get in on this. That's how powerful our Lord is. Anybody. Anybody. When we put our sin before him, our brokenness, and say, God, can you deal with this? He is so ready to forgive that sin. Anybody can get in on this. Anyone can be freed from darkness. It doesn't matter what it is that binds you. Jesus overcomes that. And we, these undeserving children of God, now inherit eternal life. Not just tucked away as like our retirement plan, but this thing that comes to us now. This life of the kingdom, friends, we can live this today. It's for us now, today. Amen. In fact, right now, Jesus is guiding the work of his people, the church, you all. He's actively with you, working with you as his reign takes root in South Austin, in Texas, in the United States, throughout the world. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it's taking root through the lives of people like you and me. That's, that's pretty amazing. How wonderful is that? I know some of us have heard this so many times, but we take all of this and we place it in the category of like religious advice. That's one way to do your religion or whatever. This isn't advice. Like Jesus doesn't need us um, to have another option, and He doesn't contend with like other religious op- options. This is not spiritual guidance. It's not spiritual direction. It's not like another self-help book. You know what's so qualitatively different about this news is that it's news. This is what's happening. Whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it completely or not, this is actually what's happening, this news. And it's so stinking good because this news is declaring that those who are captives are set free. The sick are being healed. The beaten are being raised up. The crushed, those who are oppressed, they're going to receive justice. The defeated are given hope. It's such good news for those who are on, under the shoe of somebody else. Because Jesus is rescuing us. This is why we're here, right? friends, Christians, church folks. This is actually why we're here, not to just check some religious box. We're here because of this news, it's so good. and we're so, so we come even this morning eager to worship God. Because of this news, we say, God, you are so worth my praise. You're so worth this small amount of time that feels like an inconvenience to me or whatever. I don't know, I mean, I feel that way sometimes. God, you're worth this. You're so, even if my heart's not into it, Lord, I've got all these doubts, you're still worth my praise. You're still worth my offering of my life to you. This is why we sing, even if we don't have great voices, because our Heavenly Father loves to hear us sing, because he's worth it. So we sing, make a fool of ourselves. We're eager to bow when that cross comes by. Why? Because of everything that cross has done for us. We're so eager to say, yes, God, you are so good. Yes, amen to that. We're eager to hear the story again, even as I preach It comes to us like a cold glass of water for our souls. So good. We're eager to pass the peace, we're eager to repent. Everything that we do in this liturgy, all the robes and smells and bells and the ceremony, all this stuff is actually, let me just cut to the chase for you, it is all because we are so eager to praise a holy God who's come to rescue us. It's all for that. It's not so Sean can be pretentious and like show that I'm different from you or something. No, this is actually, if we had enough robes, you all would be wearing them because we all look like this in Christ. So it's a reflection of some sort. We are so eager to say, yes, God, look what you've done to me. You are worth all that I can give you, all my praise, all the ceremony, Lord, you would deserve it. There's not enough that we could offer you, but we're still gonna try. We worship you, we're thankful for you. This is why we're here, because we've witnessed the power of the resurrection of Jesus, in other words. Just like the early church, these early Christians that we read in Acts, our life has changed. And when this good news of Jesus makes a home in us, you know what it looks like? It looks like love. The good news is what it sounds like and what it looks like is love. Did you see this? First John 4, 11, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. And in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and you hate your brothers and sisters, you're a liar. There's no way you love God if you hate your brothers and sisters. Why? For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love love God who they have not seen. After all that God's done for you, if you don't love your brothers and sisters, it really hasn't made a home in your life. His love compels us to love others. All of this, this love of God has actually really actually changed my life. This isn't just like preachy. Uh, this has actually changed my life. It's completely replanted my life in a whole new soil, like a whole new way of understanding who I am and what I'm here for. God's love has completely reshaped all that. As a son of parents, I've watched my, I've, I'm so blessed. I had parents who I believed in God because I saw how they believed in God. I, I knew God loved me because I could see their love uh, for him and I could see their love come to me even through them. I, totally. God exists, of course. He loves me, absolutely. Have you seen my parents? They are this like sacrament of God's love in my life. As a brother, this has changed my life. As a husband, as a friend of some people, few people, but some people, (laughs) this love has actually changed my life. As a father, I can look to my heavenly father and say, Lord, how do I parent these kids? This has totally changed my life. It's, it's joined my life with the life of Jesus. And I may wander around and struggle. I may have tons of doubts. Maybe some of you do too. But his spirit, regardless of where I am, the spirit of God has made a home in me that never changes. So I'm, he's always with me. He's always renovating my heart. He's always transforming my life as I make sense of his resurrection. Those inner motivations that I have when I go to work or when I go out into the world, no longer are they motivations driven by fear. No, the love of God's coming into my life. Now they're motivations of love. I'm not afraid anymore because that love has driven out fear and sin and death. In Christ, friends, we begin to see that since God first loved us in this way, we can now love the unlovable. We can even love our enemies. Even that's overcome. We don't have to win with other people. We don't have to manipulate others to to get something out of them. No, they're good. You're okay. The love of God has found us. We can actually love one another, be freed to love one another, and show each other dignity. Because, and I'm telling y'all, this isn't like self-help, this isn't like motivational speaking. Why can we do this? Because we've witnessed the resurrection and our deepest needs in our soul that we often put on display in the life of other people. Those deepest needs, they've actually been met by Jesus who's been risen from the dead. He comes to meet those needs. And he's freed us up to live in his kingdom day in and day out. It's it's not just a philosophy, not just an idea. The kingdom of God is a reality that we're invited into even today. This story of the eunuch, I'm getting to it at the very end, I know, of the sermon, but that's all right. This story of the eunuch, it actually shows us These two things, both of these truths. One, that God's people are guided by his spirit to do incredible things, as those who have witnessed the resurrection. And two, that there's nothing that can disqualify you, nothing that can keep you out, if you believe in Jesus. There's nothing that can disqualify you from the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. This black, Ethiopian, castrated man, on his commute out of Jerusalem, This black Ethiopian castrated man, which I know y'all don't want to hear this, but it physically excluded him from Israel's covenant because he could not be circumcised. You're out. You're on the outside. There's no way you can get in. He was heading back from Jerusalem, and he was reading the scroll of Isaiah 53, and something struck him in this scroll. Maybe what resonated with him was this part of that verse. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Maybe that leapt off the page for him. You might see see why. Who knows what struck him about this. But here's what the scripture says as he's reading the scroll. Verse 29, then the spirit said to Philip, this, this witness of the resurrection who's been filled with the love of God, guided by a spirit, the spirit speaks to Philip and says, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up into the chariot and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? This is like the same exact motion of God's Son entering our humanity. Do you see what's happening? Philip's doing what he's seen God out of love do. Stepping into our situation, our humanity, Philip out of obedience and out of love steps into this man's chariot, his situation, his moment, and asked him, do you understand? Do you understand what you see on the page, what you're reading? Do you understand what it means when it said, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before, its shears, is silent, so he opens not his mouth. Do you understand who this is talking about? Who is this? Is this me, or is this the prophet? What is this about? Philip began to tell him the story that I just told you at the beginning of the sermon, the good news of Jesus, starting right from the prophet Isaiah. Once he heard that story, the eunuch was so struck to the heart, he was so compelled that he said, look, water baptize me, let's do this. I'm in, I want in on this life with God. What do we need to do? And God's promise is that whoever believes, wherever they believe it, whenever they believe it, anybody can get in on this. It's open to you. When they place their trust In the crucified and risen Jesus, salvation has come. Amen. So be baptized. Enter in. There's so much amazing things that happened in this passage. There's no way I could touch all of them, including Philip being like teleported from there to somewhere else. Like, what in the world is that about? But you know what's way more amazing to me in this passage than even Philip's transportation means? Most amazing thing was what Philip did. He heard the Spirit of God speak to him and he obeyed. Having witnessed, step into Philip's shoes, having witnessed all that God's love had done for him in his own life, God had sent his son for Philip, for us. Out of love, his son died, out of love. Out of love, God raised him from the grave. Out of love, God sent his spirit to fill Philip and us. And out of love, he was sent to this Ethiopian man in the middle of nowhere. He was sent to someone who was outside the promise of God's saving rescue, right? He was called to announce that there's no longer a boundary even for you, Ethiopian eunuch. There's no longer a boundary that God has not crossed for you out of love. It's amazing that Philip was not only present to himself in that own story that he witnessed, but present to the spirit speaking to him and leading him, present enough to the scriptures to be able to tell this story and present enough to this eunuch to tell in a way that somehow would be winsome to him in his own language. He was just being present, having witnessed the resurrection, he was being present to everything God was doing. Friends, this morning, if you have not decided to make your home in the love of God, to not respond to this good news about who Jesus is, you're invited. I don't know what you've heard, but if you're on the outside, you're actually welcome to come in on the inside. I've got doubts, that's okay, you're invited. You don't know the things I've done. It's okay. You're invited. You don't know me, Sean. I may not. It doesn't matter. You're invited. Believe in Jesus. It's really that simple. Put your trust. Believe in him. Believe in what he's done for you. And your sins will be forgiven, and his spirit will be given to you, and your whole life will be replanted in the presence of God. He will come and make a home in your life. If you're a Christian, if you've heard this a million You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.